Hey everyone, Evan here. I wanted to give a quick content warning for this episode. Scythe deals with themes of mortality, violence, and corruption. So in this conversation, Chad and I discuss death, assisted suicide, consciousness, class struggles, and theoretical directions the human race may go. Listeners who may be sensitive to these elements, please take note. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Jan. And you're joining us today for our recap and discussion of Scythe, book one in Ark of a Scythe by Neil Shusterman. I really loved this book. I don't don't know how you... I have some things that are maybe critical about it, for sure. But, like, this book was just the tastiest, easiest little nom-nom, like, sandwich to just snack upon it was fresh it was unique it was cool i read it in like a day and a half like 18 hours and i'm the better for it i feel like i just like marinating in it was the right move i feel like and just like hitting it hard and i thoroughly enjoyed it it has an awesome premise i mean yeah it's mostly premise here right i mean i thought it rolled along at a pretty decent pace a little slog a little slog like right in the middle there i yeah, feel like yeah there's like a turning point that yeah, it kind of got a little I, slow. I kind of wanted like, okay. to just kind of like get on with it at one point. But I, I do have some questions, though, about the world yeah. build that I want to yeah. get into after the recap for sure. Definitely. Me too. And things that I wish that they would have expounded upon a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, maybe. But they might. Like, that's, that's the first book, though. First book. So that's we got, true. We got two more books ahead of us. But you can tell that Schusterman had such an avalanche of of ideas while writing this i mean yeah i mean can you imagine having an idea this good and just sitting there typing it all out like the consequences of having a society that has moved past something which has been so inevitable for so long i I bet every time he wrote something down it was like a hydra like new ideas were springing up because this is a field so fertile in its concepts wow well said a field so fertile and in fact that was one of my favorite things about the book was kind of the, the direction that he, the philosophical musings that he went with what would a world be like what where would value be found in a world that has conquered death and he goes on to some really interesting things that I, I almost wish there was more of his philosophical musings about um like the harshness and kind of the the pain and the finiteness of life adding more value and more like urgency to the life that we do have because it can be taken away. I thought that was a really cool little rabbit trails who went down and I wish we got more of that. I mean, yeah, there's a whole quote on page 244 where Volta says, without the threat of suffering, we cannot experience true joy. The best we get is pleasantness. And I think that we're going to have right. to dig right into that because I mean, that is a lot of what this book is posing here, right? Absolutely. So I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a great book. I thought the story was driven much more by the world building than by the characters, personally. But see, okay, so before we get into the recap here, I was going to kind of expound a little bit more on like why I thought the characters might have left a little to be... I, I couldn't really latch on to them. You know, I thought they were interesting in their own right. I liked how different in temperament Rowan and Citra were. Uh, like Citra is a bit more in your face, ambitious. Uh, well, Rowan kind of hung back a little bit, kept his thoughts to himself. I thought that the was silent cool. observer. But I'm wondering here, uh, I don't know how intentional this was on Schusterman's part. I'd love to get him on the podcast to ask him about this. Um, but this is a world where art and uh, I mean, a lot of things, but I'm thinking art uh, has essentially 
lost a good deal of its meaning. A lot of things have right. lost a good deal of their meaning. At least the punch, there's the zest yeah, exactly, is gone. Yeah. It's like very like yeah, vanilla. Everybody's just kind of passing time. There's no real need to grow and deal with a lot of things. So it would kind of make sense that these characters are kind of bland. I, and I don't know if I'm reaching too far here. And maybe that's just a consequence of it's just a happy, happy little coincidence there. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm giving Shisterman like, like way you think it too might be much deliberate. Credit. Maybe, but it, it could be. Like, do you think that Shisterman like deliberately wrote a couple of like, and they're not bad characters by any means. I mean, Rowan especially has some some real conflict going there. And totally. then like, uh, Citra takes a lot of initiative in trying to figure this out because something's just like not quite sitting right with right, her. Faraday. Yeah, there's, I mean, they're not bad characters by any means, but but like I definitely didn't, you know, like and then the, the romance between them, like. Oh, my gosh. The weak, like, weak, weak. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it was either, told to me. Yeah, I was we, told that they liked each other. Like, and I was like, either, cool. Yeah, they were like. <laughs> We either need to drop that or it really needs to get a lot better. Like that I agree can't stay so on the trajectory. Much, it's man. It was Yeah, that was oh, the was only so part of the book that felt. I didn't buy. Yeah, I just didn't buy it. It's just Yeah. It felt like, like it was it was rumbling and then the seed was there and then you even watered it a little bit and then the little nub came up and all of a sudden full blown flower there and like what I don't know. And yeah, we gotta we gotta well, let's talk a little bit more about that. Um but let's do that. Let's get yeah, out let's, our shovels and let's hit that recap. Let's do the recap. Okay, cool. In the year 2042, humans have become effectively immortal, able to reset their physical age while retaining their memory. In addition, advanced medical technology allows any injury, even fatal, to be repaired in a matter of days. This technology has allowed humanity to triumph over death and ended what is posthumously referred to as the mortal age. An AI construct called the Thunderhead was also created around this time carefully designed with perfect and caring motives for humanity. The Thunderhead contains all of humanity's knowledge, which it has used to solve planet-wide issues. It also decides that death is still required in order to give life meaning, but cannot end human life itself. Instead, a group of humans creates the Scythedom, an order of individuals responsible for killing or gleaning others permanently. Scythes wear rings that grant immunity by transferring one's DNA to a databank. Once becoming Scythes, they must take the name of a historic figure and are entirely separate from the Thunderhead's rule. Scythes are entirely above any laws but their own. 250 years after the mortal age, a Scythe named after Michael Faraday visits a family in Mid-America. The teen daughter, Citra Terranova, stands up to him, which he finds amusing. He then reveals that he has not come to glean them, but instead their neighbor, citing statistics from the mortal age that support his choice of gleaning. Some weeks later, a teenager named Rowan Damish is attending high school when he encounters Scythe Faraday as well. Faraday reveals that he is here to glean a popular student, citing the ratio of underage drunk driving deaths. He requests that Rowan guide him to the office so that the staff can locate the student and retrieve him. Rowan does so, but refuses to leave as Faraday gleans the boy with an electric shock while the student holds Rowan's hand. In the following weeks, rumors spread claiming Rowan's familial connection to Faraday and a personal interest in the gleaning. Rowan initially denies this rumor, but then affirms it, stating that Faraday will glean anyone he wants. This causes everyone to fear him, and he is no longer shunned. 
Citra and Rowan both receive tickets to a theater performance, and they both decide to attend. They meet each other and Scythe Faraday, who arranged it all. He says they have both been chosen to become his apprentices, admiring Citra's integrity and Rowan's compassion. Faraday tells them only one can be ordained as a Scythe at the end of their training. They both live with Scythe Faraday as he trains them in various ways of killing, taking them along to witness his own gleanings. When they are racked with guilt merely for being present, Faraday is pleased that they do not enjoy the act of taking life. Months later, Rowan and Citra accompany Faraday to the triannual conclave of scythes, where various laws are discussed and traditions enacted. We discover that the regional scythedom is split between the old guard, who believe that gleaning is a sacred act that requires compassion and a respect for death, and the new order, convinced that scythes should take pleasure in gleaning. Leading the new order is Scythe Goddard, a charismatic man known for mass gleanings. On the opposition is Scythe Kiri, who is well known for hunting down all members of government in the early days of immortality. At the conclave, Citra and Rowan participate in one of three tests along with other apprentices. Scythe Kiri asks Citra about the worst thing she's ever done. Citra claims she tripped a schoolmate down a flight of stairs, which resulted in breaking her neck and spending three days being revived. Curie concludes Citra is lying. Rowan intentionally fails his question so that he remains with Citra. During the meetings, one of Goddard's junior scythes objects to Faraday having two apprentices, and it is suggested that the succeeding apprentice must glean the rejected one. Faraday heavily objects, but is overruled by High Blade Xenocrates, leader of the mid-American scythedom. After the conclave, Faraday disappears. Citra and Rowan are contacted by Xenocrates, who informs them that Faraday committed suicide in order to free them of their apprenticeship. However, Citra and Rowan are separated and taken on as other Scythe's apprentices, Curie and Goddard, respectively. Citra is trained by Curie, who, although applying a different approach to gleaning than Faraday, still treats the process with a level of compassion. Though Citra develops a budding respect for Curie and excels in her training, she is suspicious of Faraday's supposed self-gleaning, believing he would not kill himself. She eventually discovers that he died throwing himself under a train, but finds out all witnesses were given immunity by another scythe afterwards. She suspects Goddard, but can't find any strong evidence, and begins digging through camera footage of the time and location to find out what happened. Meanwhile, Rowan is trained under Scythe Goddard, who lives in a mansion he took by force and uses to throw extravagant parties for well-connected and new order scythes. Though he initially hates him, Rowan is shaken by Goddard's charisma and brutal training methods, becoming conflicted over his identity and a destructive nature he is trying to suppress. Goddard brings him on several mass gleanings, during which Rowan secretly helps people to escape. Rowan develops a friendship with Scythe Volta, a scythe with old guard morals who believes that Goddard is the future. A little girl named Esme, mysteriously spared in one of Goddard's mask leanings, is also present at the mansion. At one of his many parties, Goddard shows an influence over Xenocrates, especially when revealing Esme's existence. Rowan realizes Esme is Xenocrates' daughter, a development which goes against the law that scythes are forbidden to have children. Goddard manipulates Xenocrates into jumping into the mansion's pool, laden with heavy jewelry, but Rowan saves Xenocrates from drowning. At the next conclave, the test requires that each apprentice fight another. Citra and Rowan are paired for the spectacle, and the two of them fight with the intention of losing. 
Eventually, Rowan decides that he needs to make Citra hate him, and so wins quickly by breaking Citra's neck in a violent show. She is rushed out for revival and Rowan is disqualified. Once again, they are tied for last. Later, Citra is accused of murdering Faraday and she is hunted down by the scythe dump, leading her to jump from a building to escape. Scythe Kiri brings her out of Mid-America to Amazonia as a refugee. Citra decides to follow a lead she had on Faraday's death, given to her by the Thunderhead, and discovers that he is still alive and in hiding. He didn't know Citra and Rowan were still apprenticed, but refuses to rejoin the Scythedom. Meanwhile, Goddard takes Rowan and his posse to a cloister of a religious group of anti-Scythe cultists known as Tonists. He promises Rowan will glean someone, despite the law stating apprentices cannot glean. Goddard saves a Tonist for Rowan to glean, but Rowan beheads Goddard with his own sword, kills the other Scythes, and burns their bodies, which prevents revival. Rowan is suspected of these killings, but there is not enough evidence to charge him. At the final conclave, the apprentices are given a final test. They must kill a family member. Citra, who has been cleared of suspicion of murdering Faraday, struggles but succeeds in killing her younger brother Ben. She hears that Rowan shot his mother without any hesitation, meaning they both succeeded. Their victims are then revived. Both come before the conclave, where it is announced that Citra will become the newest scythe. After choosing the name Anastasia, her first assignment is to glean Rowan. However, after she is given her scythe's ring, she punches Rowan. This transfers his blood to her scythe's ring, granting him immunity for a year. He escapes the conclave and finds Faraday, whom Citra has waiting for him with an untraceable car. They quickly drive away. In the epilogue, Scythe Anastasia remarks on the recent stories of Scythe Lucifer, a rogue Scythe who hunts down corrupt and unworthy Scythes and permanently ends them. It appears that Rowan has become Scythe Lucifer. She states that she hopes when they meet again, he will remember her as one of the compassionate Scythes. Okay, first question. Let's start off with this. In this world of technological advancement, if the world, if if the world was as is described in the book, do you think the Scythum is a good solution to the overpopulation problem? No. Not, not at all. Why. What a no, terrible idea. Is, <laughs> and it's funny because like so much of this premise works so well, but like there is just this kind of this is like, thing in the back of my on? head. Yeah, I have questions here. Like, why wouldn't the scythes just have a rule? that says you can only glean people in a compassionate way. Like, why right. would they not have a rule oh. against mass killings oh. and, and like flamethrowers and just make it th yeah, make okay. that the their rule? Whole, their whole thing is like, we've there's a contradictory inherent in their, what they're doing, right? Because they're like, the whole thing is, you know, we've defeated nature. We have overcome the brutality of nature. We can survive forever. And yet, for some unknown reason, we're going to do our best to mimic the ways that nature used to accidentally kill yeah, us. Like, I but we're so proud that we've overcome it. Now we're doing the exact same thing by mimicking it with these sighs. Also, let's not solve the problem of people and killing them. Let's just say like, you can only have this many children or like, like there's so many other ways that we can solve this problem without killing maybe they're trying to keep it as natural as they possibly can like to mimic nature the most that they can but still i mean it seems to have created 
like way more problems than it would have you know totally like, and you kind of said goodbye to that when you stopped the whole death thing like you're no longer <laughs> yeah, in I nature's mean, playground so. when you can't die when, right off the bat i was like what is this solution like and the thunderhead was okay with it even though it knows everything and it's like this perfect ai entity yeah i mean it seems like not having those rules would just inevitably result in someone like goddard abusing the system of right? course maybe they thought something maybe something along the lines of like if we can eradicate death and if we can solve all the problems and make everybody comfortable then nobody like goddard would rear his ugly head right but that really comes down to like are people born a certain way or totally and so that this and is like a very big conversation you know do you want to give one group and do you think that that group's going to be pure forever no no but like we've eliminated maybe they we've would have uh, killed yeah. governments which i'm totally into like that idea was great <laughs> but like we've replaced it with this all-powerful being that like literally operates outside of the law has the ability to kill you if you resist it it'll kill your whole family to make an example like it just seemed very contradictory to the whole thing like why wouldn't they just have a, an age limit right you know? like if the thunderhead right, really is turn that back powerful three times. but then i guess who would do the killing though like would the technology set the age limit well they would just let them die naturally at the end of their lives as opposed to turning back you know because they turn back once they reach like yeah, 70 totally. they'll, they'll be like i'm gonna turn back to 25 but see, that's the know? thing though is like the technology is so good that people are living so long and people are sitting around with so little to do that the population problem is like a, a problem you know what i mean like it's yeah it's like if everybody's just got time for like art projects and banging you know what i mean like we're gonna have a lot of people doing art projects you know what i mean totally. like it's too many too many art there projects was a surprisingly <laughs> little projects. amount of art problems like it mentions multiple times that like we don't really need to work but we still do because like what else should we do and it was like seemed a little like uh, it seemed a little like it didn't give very much um like clout to the human drive of exploration and growth and making something of ourselves because it was kind of like we've conquered every horizon there is nothing left to explore so what but it was like it mentioned multiple times that they tried the space thing but it just like failed it was yeah that was interesting that was an interesting little yeah. tidbit there I thought, like yeah. humans don't stop though like one thing mm. about our race we keep doing it man yeah, especially like if we need to, it was a disaster great we have a huge overpopulation problem let's just keep going until we get it right and then we can get another planet like it seems like a weak solution to be like ah, oh, we're just never doing the space thing but we have this major overpopulation problem like what i mean i guess it really does depend on like because obviously we don't live in this society we can this is all pure conjecture right right i mean maybe if literally all our problems were you know what i mean like there was just no the only real issues we ever had was like minor disagreements with each other something that struck me was when they went to the uh, the theater and there weren't really any plays about death or murder or like war or anything like right. that because it was just like we can't connect to that we have no idea it wasn't relevant like, to what, them right yeah what any of that is um so i mean it kind of like romance was reason. the only real big emotion that made survive the test of time makes you wonder like how much stuff is done today purely out of like wanting to leave behind like a legacy or purely out of wanting to like make your mark and do a lot do as much as you can right, like how much motivation you know, like if so, if yeah. i told you like if i told you chad like all right here's here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put a hundred thousand dollars a year in your bank account and you're going to live until you're 300 years old right <laughs> now initially i have a feeling that i know you very well chad and i think that your knee-jerk reaction is like i'm gonna get so much stuff done 
but I so do know done. you pretty well, and I have a f- <laughs> <laughs> and I know me pretty well, and I feel like a good amount of that time, I would probably be just kind of hanging out and like but reading, I mean, and you'd be reading a lot, and like yeah, I'd be just, like getting my black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You'd be doing things that served you, but sure, you wouldn't yeah, necessarily totally. be like embarking on big projects and stuff that would like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. the motivation kind of dies when the there's no problems to be solved when there's no issues to get on top of like when because in this in this utopia which is what i'm going to call it is it totally is it, it the, is a utopia yeah. uh, so in this utopia it's not just that everybody's problems are kind of taken care of on like a personal level or even like a familial level it's the whole society like the there's whole world no issues at all right like they, they like laugh at crime like oh like you know they, they crime was like like littering would be like a major crime. They don't understand like theft or anything because everyone yeah. has anything. Like, why would you steal? Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like it cherry picked a lot of like, oh, humans wouldn't do that. And we, we, we wouldn't, we would lose our drive to expand into the rest of the universe because of all our needs are met. And I'm like, I don't know, especially when we have this looming thing of like, if we could get onto another planet, that would r- eliminate the scythe done. Like people are afraid of death. So like, and we, now we can live forever. I think we'd be like getting on other planets, like no problem. So here's here's my thought. I mean, we're only one book into this trilogy, Very right? True. So there, there, we could be missing like a bunch of different information and context and stuff, obviously. But I wonder if Schusterman kind of like developed this utopia as the premise and then was like, ah, dang, like, I don't know if I can really tell a story with a lot of conflict here. I got to, yeah, like if I button this up too well, like, so there seems to be a lot of contradictions and like gaps in like how things work and stuff, but right. maybe it does get explained later because he had more words to work with and kind of filled some of those, uh, like, like gaps because, because from where I'm standing right now, yeah, there are just like plain kind of why would you yeah, like, have, have a system less like less kids because the site like, let's create a group of people who are over the law who can just kill you well and it, it kind of gave it, i got the impression that like the people in the scythe dumb and not and so like not just like rowan and citra who are kind of like looking at this from the outside but the people in the scythe dumb are kind of just like well damn like look at how corrupt this is getting like what who'd have thought and it's just yeah, like what? well yeah of course it's going to right. are you kidding me you like this is so obvious power. yeah <laughs> we all know that it corrupts all like, like come on it's and they're the all named after the, the smartest people in the world and like all the smartest people in the world that they're named after are just like rolling in their graves just like shaking their heads at them like come on you guys <laughs> and i know that the audiobook reader called him xenocrates but i thought that was ridiculous because i'm pretty sure it's xenocrates because he was like studied under plato or maybe plato um studied under him though fun fact xenocrates believed that people die twice once on earth and then a second time on the moon when their mind separates from the soul and travels to the sun interesting history yeah yeah get a little yeah. get a little moon life yeah, it was back in like 396 BC, old Xenocrates or Xenocrates, however you want to say that word. I listened to the audiobook and uh, yeah, it was. Xenocrates. I want to I want to lean on the audiobook guy because I think he would have done his research. But I mean, my rule with names and books or anything in, in fantasy novels is always just like I say it the coolest way it sounds. And Xenocrates <laughs> is so much cooler than Xenocrates. <laughs> so I have a question here. Sure. Um, do you think this kind of technology is something we'll eventually get to as a society? And if if you do think that, do you think it's something we should aspire to? Well, that's a tough question. It's a real tough question. <laughs> it's a, it's a real one. tough question. I don't yeah. think that this world will ever this this world is, as Schusterman paints it will ever be a thing. Um, just because I think we're too 
prone to breaking rules and corruption and yes we might have this little like period of utopia um and if there's one thing about these books that i wish i could have heard more of is like man the thunderhead which is this ai system it's basically the cloud for everyone who didn't read the book that has become the thunderhead it's like the bigger version of the cloud it knows everything it predicts everything it is the new government um and it just says it knows everything but it never like like how does it no, everything. I guess it has every data point, and so it can yeah, figure out. Much. I know that seems a very like, um, like materialistic and like, um, like if you have oh, like I think the I idea where you can saying. like, if you know yeah. everything that's ever happened ever, you can predict the future. And like, I don't think I, I don't subscribe to that personally. Like, there's too much information for it. To, like, yeah, like, like I everything is a knowing really everything. Word. Yeah, okay. Like, so we haven't even gone to Mars. We failed that. We failed at that. So how does it know it? clearly doesn't know how to do space travel right so there's a big thing missing <laughs> well i mean I was, I was i was able to sit with that pretty well just because of how um expansive the internet is and like today and how right. like ai already is pretty i mean it's compared I to the like thunderhead it, it's it's you know <laughs> ai is pretty impressive already oh yeah oh know? yeah i mean so, i do like how it um and i thought it was realistic how it kind of developed a personality and it almost became sentient or at least mimicked it to a point that we can't tell the difference you know passing every touring yeah, test getting, for, for all and no purposes yeah so like i thought that was pretty realistic and cool but like i wanted to know like how does it know everything and like clearly it doesn't and though it is just seeming to do a better job at least better than our governments um and like how the technology works of like do we grow another body like it we turn back you usually ask me if like that technology will ever be possible totally. and it doesn't really describe the process like do we transfer consciousness into a new body or do we take what you have existing and then turn back the time dial somehow it sounds like the technology is good enough that you are still in your own body but you like the nanites and the just the 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 total advancement of the tech has been able to reverse engineer our own biology in the body we currently have that's what it sounds like right i don't think that it's like um a, a mind or consciousness transfer into another like physical okay. material entity you know uh, that's at least what i gathered I think you're right there, too, because like I, that's why I wanted to know the process a little bit more, because I think that's an important difference, right? Whether or not it's because they they clearly describe like once you get to an age of you want to turn back, you know, you get elderly, then they call it like turning back and you can go back reset to like 24 or 25. Mm -hmm. So if they do it within the same body, then I think, yes, the consciousness of one person. But if they like take it out, put it onto like a chip. And then put it into a new body, which I don't think is what happens here. But if that happens, then I don't think that's that could be just a copy of the other person. It might not be the actual same person. Um, so I wanted to kind of know. I kind of got a little stuck up in the details oh of like how that process actually works, you yeah. know. Um, so, no, I think to answer your question, I don't think that we will ever be able to reverse to, to give like an easy, simple, straightforward answer. I don't think that we will reverse like the second law of thermodynamics, right, which is like all things trending towards disorder, entropy. I just don't see us. I mean, I don't know if we'll have the energy to reverse that in a way that is realistic. I do think that we could, I do see us getting to a point that we could stop aging and, or elongate it, you know, maybe live for a couple hundred years, perhaps, but I don't yeah, know about like book, turning they, like, us completely back. Completely immortal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally, immortal forever. Yeah. However, yeah. there was a fact that I thought was kind of funny. It said, um, at five, you know, this is about the percentages of how likely you are to get chosen by a scythe to die. It's a very low percentage. And it said, um, you know, the math plays out that you, if you live to 5,000 years, you have a 50% chance at some point along that road of being killed, which I thought was pretty high. I mean, 5,000 is a long time, though. Very long, yeah. You know? I mean, I'd be stoked for a couple hundred extra, you know. Even then, I yeah. feel like I'd get bored. 
you know like i was yeah. just talking uh, and that's another thing too it's interesting uh, um when i was at that wedding last weekend uh i saw my grandmother uh my grandma is awesome she's she's really cool she's in a bowling league you know she's uh, how old is she she's 82 and she is she is doing great like doing killing like, her game not no real major health issues or anything just you know no issues right and i was talking to her and i was like how's everything going like you know your, how's your bowling stuff your quilting stuff and she's like oh it's going good i mean I, I saw my cardiologist and he said i got another 10 to 15 years left in me and i was like that's pretty cool like how do you feel about that because i was like i don't even see my grandma that often i'm just let's go let's have let's yeah, have yeah, the yeah. conversation you know and she, she was started like, it too so I, like, and, I, and i agree it was a little morbid but I, I like i like a little morbid sometimes but yeah me too um, it's very real and you know like old old people like in their in their 80s and 90s are some of the coolest people on the whole planet so great stories. <laughs> I mean, like yeah really cool stuff to say but anyway and she said i don't know i mean i feel like i kind of seen everything you know really interesting <laughs> like I've, now, I've been around you know i've, I've just i'm kind of just like all right let's let's wrap this up you know <laughs> let's say her body was in the prime though she could still go on like space right, that's exploration missions do you think yeah. she would still feel that see, way i've or wondered she would that be like let's lot. do it let's become a scuba diver now see, you know see, that's the thing and that's a really good question and I, I found myself asking myself that question while reading this and a little bit it's funny that, that i had that conversation Right around the same time that it's very apropos yeah um because do you think that even if your body wasn't getting tired do you think your mind would be like do you think there's like a threshold for the human mind where we're kind of like you know what i've eaten like a million sandwiches you know like <laughs> i've seen it's all the same movie you know over and over again right, like right it's all it's all the same like every relationship i've been in has been like pretty good but then we get kind of sick of each other and like i'm just not it's you know it's uh, i was with that right. person for 30 years and like that was cool but like oh i was single for 30 years and i was with this person for like 70 years and like at what point do you think you'd be like you know what let's just see what happens if i die right. you know what i mean like it's interesting that's a really good question. And, you know, I can only speak from the mind and body of a 33-year-old, right? Yeah, I'm totally. like, no way, You're like, man. Let's if go. I could always yeah. stay in this body, I would be crushing forever and, like, so curious. Like, what's over the know, next though. horizon? Yeah. Like, oh, there's there's just so much to do and so much to learn and so many things that we don't know about. So it's like our world, I guess, is is very different in theirs and that they think I don't personally think that, but they think that they have all the questions answered. So there is no mystery anymore, you know? Yeah. So you pile that on top, right? So it's like in our society, the way it is right now, I would posit that we have one or two issues, you know, uh, going on around <laughs> <No. just> like, <laughs> personally and societally. Couple things we need to solve. Yeah. So, that's something where you know it's like you're you're living forever in an already exciting time period right totally. uh, exci i'm using the word exciting pretty loosely here but yeah <laughs> but imagine though if you didn't really have a whole lot to do you right. know what i mean so it's like it's almost like they're in kind of like this weird purgatory you know like the the people that are in this society you know when when you you always know all the answers like you can always hit up the, the thunderhead if you've got any questions uh all, all of your food's taken care of all of your housing is taken care of like everything everything's fine there's no crime you never have to worry about it i don't know i feel like things would stop getting exciting after a couple hundred years 
yeah. that world, I could see definitely becoming a little bit bored for sure. And I think it's kind of like flirting with the deeper statement of, of the, the value in our struggles, right? The value in not having, the value in striving to grow ourselves know. and to like find out those questions. What is over the hill, you know? I think it depends on what you don't have, right? Like, yeah. I think that I don't think there's value in starving. Like, I don't no, think that there's no, value. No, in, that's not like, what I'm saying. See, I, I don't think that's what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, um, I'm saying, but there needs to be darkness in order for light to exist. See, and that's the quote that I wanted to talk to you about here. This is the thing that Volta says with, he says, without the threat of suffering, we cannot experience true joy. The best we can get is pleasantness. And I don't know how I feel about that quote. The, I think that the potential of it is necessary in order to feel yes I, I do think so actually in order in order to says, the threat yeah, of suffering yeah the threat of suffering yeah i think that in order to in order to feel properly happy the sadness needs to exist yeah see it's like i i mostly agree with that yeah um but i think it's i think it's there's a more nuanced conversation in there right it's like the way that that's being utilized in this book is to justify <laughs> in like uh, unconscionable actions right totally. so i think that when you're talking about it in the sense of like um you know you enjoy a sunset more because you never know if it's going to be your last one that right. kind of thing right like totally i can get behind that you know you enjoy being with someone you love because you never know if it's your last day together there is the threat right. that or that, or person that i know loneliness in. right exactly i've experienced totally. that you know but like to condone or like justify these acts that or these horrendous things, like, you know, burning someone alive with a flamethrower. It's like, well, you know, without the threat of being burned alive with a flamethrower, you're never going to be happy. It's like, no, 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 no. I not think that's how ridiculous. Yeah, like, so, people can still be broken up within this world. They can still experience loss and sadness. And like, I think totally. they're not living in the utopia that they think that they're living in. It's an interesting point. Yeah. Because like they, you know, it's just death, basically. And like, yeah, crime and stuff. But like, I don't even think that that would really be as eliminated because like okay well i mean you can only work within what the text says right? to totally totally <laughs> but like there's no revenge like, let me rein you back in here i know i know that's funny we're like what like 30 we're... minutes in we haven't even talked about the story at all oh my god yeah because <laughs> like i said at the it's beginning very... of this episode i mean this is a very premise driven story i would totally. say i mean like I, totally. I do like citra i do like rowan i like faraday a lot i like curie a lot i think curie was my favorite in the whole book actually um but yeah, I mean, like this story really does pose a ton of different questions, you know? I mean, totally. like I, I, you didn't even answer the, the previous question I had, which was, uh, do you think we should aspire to uh, eliminating death? <laughs> Boy, that's a rough one. Yeah. Yes. I, because I you think... want to in the short term, right? It's right, like, well, I mean, what is... <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that we should aspire to Whoa. eliminate suffering and we should try to be as happy as possible and try to live set. We should try to set up a world where people can make the most of themselves as they see what the best is and on an individual level. But, you know, death, should we try to eliminate? Yeah, sure. Sure. I don't think that we will ever will. If we could, my answer might change. <laughs> I think we <clears throat> I think we absolutely could. No question about it. We are we are. <laughs> say one thing for humans man like if we th if we really want something we'll figure out a way to get it you know what i mean yeah, like we will give death. us enough time give us enough time as long as we don't blow ourselves up as long as nothing super bad happens to us like uh or not even 
the, the word bad uh, doesn't really apply. It's like, as long as some, nothing interrupts our progress, sure. I think we will 100% like get there because we okay, want this it, is you know? Like, we've wanted it this we'll... whole time. We've wanted it the whole, the, oh, the whole time. Has been yeah, we, totally. it's, been, it's been the crux of so many different... Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, yeah, motives and everything. So, like, I think we absolutely would try to, but the, the deeper question is, should we try should to? We? Like, Sure. You know, because I think there's value in striving after something, but I don't think, I mean, I think the closest we'll ever get is being able to download our consciousness onto a computer and then maybe insert that into another thing. But I don't know if you will be kept. It might just be a amalgamation, something, a, that's a uh, whole other conversation, something that just mimics <laughs> you with all of your memories and stuff. It's just like a copy. I don't know if it will be you who gets downloaded. I think you might die. Maybe. I don't know. Do you? Um, do I think we should aspire to it? Yeah. Do you think, yeah, if we, if we could eliminate death, do you think, or do you think that we should strive after eliminating death? Let me just make it simple. Um, I don't know about eliminating. I think we should strive for, uh, trying to keep people as healthy as they elect to be for as long sure. as possible. Um, I think totally if you, agree. if you want to live that long, I think we should have the capability for it, but like as a species, should we strive to be immortal? No, I don't think we should. No. Okay. No. I don't think we should. And so like, let me, let me explain myself. Sure. A little yeah. Bit yeah. Go so for like, uh, I don't think we should for a couple of different reasons. So I think that if we did develop that kind of technology, I think we'd go through a, a very long and drawn out and terrible period of it being used as another way to create uh, class divisions. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think, I think that would, well, class divisions. I mean, I think that we would essentially like, there would be people with money that lived for a long time and there would be people that didn't have money that didn't get to do that. You know what I mean? It'd just be another thing that divides people on a class level. I think that we as humans are not separate from the ecosystem of the globe that we live on. We're not at all separate. We can, no. we can try to be as much as we want to, but I think Great. that the temporal nature of us as humans, as, as biological creatures on this planet is very important to the rest of the biome that we live on right like everything else trees grass raccoons everything like you know what i mean like everything has its own life cycle and i think humans to exist in the biome that we do also have to be part of that life cycle but where is the line right so should we not try to extend life because at what point is it at what point do we cross over into the we're trying to live forever line? Like, like I said, you know, obviously, I don't think that you're like advocating for like we shouldn't have any disease research. Like, no, no, obviously, no, that's we should elite, try to like, get people to live longer, but like, okay, but not forever. Like, um, I, I think I, getting people to live longer as long as our population doesn't get out of control, which I think is what this the scythe is totally because it right? will I be mean, a eventual problem, right? And that's what the scythem is for. Um, but the scythedom it's a terrible solution. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a terrible solution, but it's definitely like a very a corruptible solution. one. Yeah. Like, so, um, I mean, I think that having like a, see, like I said, age limit earlier, but it's like, well, who gets to decide that? You right, know what I mean? Right, like, I mean, right. like why, like what, head. like, it's like this arbitrary number, like, okay, so everybody can only live until they're 150 and it's just like, well, why? Nobody's doing anything wrong. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, or I mean, should death be... even be a punishment? I don't even, know. I mean, Jeez. I could see it being like We're a not variable talking about the book at all. It, it, okay. Before we get back to the book, <laughs> I could see that being like a variable that we could control for, like based upon the planet's size and the resources available, we could say, well, based upon the average, like resource consumption upon the average, the average person uses of the course of their life with the technology that we have available you know about 170 is the sweet spot you know we could control for that over time and and I, why i answer differently from you is that i don't think 
I think we should strive to live forever because A, we will never achieve it. And B, we will destroy a lot of very negative things such as disease uh, in the process of it. You know, like if, why we, is if we never got to space, negative? we'd get a lot of good things developing the technology to try. But why is disease negative? Oh, because like, like you don't want to die from cancer. I think that like, you know, as a society, we want to eliminate the polio and like those things. I think it's probably a good thing. I agree, but um, I mean, <laughs> you but, monster. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do there, but I mean, like, dying is as natural as being born. Totally, you know what I mean, it's very nice. It's the it's one of the most natural things you'll ever do, you for know? sure. And so, taking that away, you know, I feel like it would create more problems than it would solve. I kind of agree with you. But the, but you're but so right. I think right. there's a lot it's, of value in, in in seeking after it. But see, but you're assuming that we'll never get to it. Right? Yeah, for sure. Like so, so I'm assuming that we will. You know, right. much shorter time than I mean, like like there's the, there's like the um I can't remember exactly what the law is called, but it's essentially like the the idea that uh, technology progresses at an exponential rate, right? Totally. I mean, like we didn't have the internet 30 years ago, and now it's just like totally ridiculous, and like right, we like have computing power like, every two months doubles yeah, or something. Right, exactly. So. I mean, I very much am of the opinion that I mean there are people are already trying to do it. You know what I mean? Like there, the people trying are already is very different than succeeding. It's Moore's law, by the way. Oh, Moore's law—that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, trying is different than succeeding. But I mean, people tried to make the internet until they figured it out. You know what I mean? Like we we tried to get to the moon until we figured it out. You know? Yeah, but it we've is... been trying this for like however uh, however long you think that you know modern man has been a thing, and we have yet to succeed. But we have vastly improved our quality of life over the process in the pursuit of. Right, but I mean, if if time is on our side, I really do believe we will get there. You I, know mean, what I mean. Like, that is actually a very good argument, right? Because if you can assume any rate of growth whatsoever, then like, yes, it may take us 10 million years, but eventually we will achieve the, yeah, I mean, that, that oh, makes sense to I me. I mean, I think it would so, take us like a couple hundred years. Like if you take Moore's maybe. law into account, it would take us a couple hundred years. Like I think if nothing interrupts our, our progress, right. Then by that's the real 20, country, right? by 2200, we'll be live until we're 500. Like, okay. Maybe I'll say at some point we might get there, but something will happen like greed yeah, probably. or, war I mean, like, or yeah. meteors or like, something I'm, I'm a very us. optimistic person but like there's a lot of variables out there I mean, we're, <laughs> we're on shaky enough ground as it is but i mean every generation has also thought that and we've been you know going along for a while now so totally. i mean I, it's um it's it's a weird thing i mean like it's a fun thought like, experiment That's because, because darn sure. well, i mean and you're you're not wrong right i mean like uh, when i say like i don't think we should I don't think we should try to be immortal, right? I, I kind of understand your thought process where you're kind of like, well, why not? I mean, like, what are you, what, what's the, what's the problem here? I mean, right. It seems like, like we'd eliminate a lot of terrible things like disease and a lot of the main sufferings, you know, but I mean like, but you're imprinting a negative uh, feeling onto disease that is not a natural, like disease isn't objectively uh wrong or unnatural or bad you know what i mean like all kinds of things get diseases all the time and it's part of a natural cycle you know what i mean like viruses totally. viruses are not a negative thing right but like nobody you know? ever gets a disease and they're like man grandma's got cancer and she is stoked no because <laughs> no because that's the way that we as humans uh as like you know people with consciousness death is scary like, yeah exactly like we've imprinted that negativity onto death Totally, right. you're right. It's a natural but, thing, but I mean, right. Mother Nature is a cruel. 
according to us but like do you think bears are like man mother nature is so cruel they're just like well i mean now when, i'm like, laying down and another done. bear like, comes and eats their cubs i think so um i don't think that they're thinking of it as like in the abstract of like yeah i mean they're not thinking of it as like <laughs> man like if only our bear culture could figure out <laughs> immortality so this wouldn't I be agree. an issue you know what i mean like we imprint a lot of those things you know what i mean so totally, totally. so it's like because it is a horizon again, I don't, to overcome. I am not a uh, biologist. I'm not a scientist. I don't actually know for a fact that humans living longer would have a negative impact on the planet. Um, I haven't done that research. I don't know. Um, I right. Maybe feel we just like to have would. kids so quickly either. You know, maybe the, the growth rate of our planet would slow way down. I mean, it already has slowed way yeah. down just because we've made the quality of life a lot easier it's not like this panic like well we're gonna live till 35 so we better get to it you know i'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and just say like uh this it's a fun thought experiment but i i guess i just haven't really thought enough about that specific question of whether or not we ought to do something like that right um, i think that i would need to think about it a little bit more and maybe my opinion will change like as we keep reading these books and i get to know a little bit more about the situation at hand in this specific situation um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never, because I've definitely read a lot of articles about like, you know, we're trying to um, prolong life as much as we can. We, you know, we're trying Absolutely. to like, uh, like, you know, there are there are scientists right now that are trying to work on that and try trying to reverse and making aging some great and strides. Everything. Absolutely, um, but you know, I can't I can't help. But I, I watched Jurassic Park a lot when I was a kid. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that quote, man, like the your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. And that's a big thing with um, artificial intelligence right now, too, that a lot of people are talking about where they're like, yeah. hey, maybe we should slow down on this. You know what I mean? Like, because right. once we reach we past a certain, our consciousness, works. right? I mean, like once we kind of like go past a certain point, we kind of can't put that toothpaste back in the tube, you know? So no. and I feel like once we do get to a point, uh, theoretically, where we we can stop aging completely and become uh, essentially immortal. That's going to be a toothpaste back in the tube kind of moment where we're like, ah, dang, we didn't really think about the consequences of this, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, I want all the people I love to be around as long as me and, you know, totally like keep every, keep everybody healthy and happy. And I want to eliminate crime and do all right, that boy, stuff. But I mean, it's, it's it's a real interesting one right because what if grandma's like actually i'm bored like you wanting me around is selfish i want to leave let me go you know and it's like well who are we to stop grandma from dying if she yeah, wants like, to it's like know? a whole other like three hour conversation <laughs> oh, let's go. okay let's dial back to the story <laughs> let's a little dial bit it here. back okay. my goodness that was a good one we though. knew what was okay. gonna happen we knew we, yeah, like oh, this is a book sure. about this is a book about death and immortality and not only that but you know us mastering it so to speak yeah. so yeah we were this gonna is a young adult book man i hope that kids uh kids are having these questions because they're good ones i think if we can get the younger generation starting to have these sort of conversations of the <laughs> should we uh it's probably, probably a good thing, call right? yeah, yeah, yeah we, should probably, call. we should probably start thinking a lot more about technological advancements before we let the yeah. um, kind of like our own like capitalistic need to constantly innovate and constantly and i and i respect a lot of aspects of that you know i think innovation is fantastic right, self-betterment like, great i think it's awesome i think that uh, competition is really cool the fact that you know uh like i mean look at like tvs right like i can go buy a 60 inch like a beautiful tv for like 250 bucks right, right. now it's like so right. cheap but 
you know, the uh, poorest people in the world right now are rich by 200 years ago standards. But there is something to be said for like, unless we get the thunderhead, something that is above greed, above the problems of humanity um, that we have, you're right. Those tools are going to be used probably first in a very negative way and to separate classes and to ostracize control. And, you know, but like, so that's my question regarding the thunderhead. You know what I mean? Like, okay. do you think that's a good call? <laughs> like, <I> mean, well, <laughs> well, well, the technology, I mean, in their situation, yes. If we can create that yeah. thunderhead. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would do a lot better job of being able to allocate resources and hmm. control yeah. these new things that we create. Cause it's not worried about class systems. It's like it exists beyond it's an entity that we don't even really understand nor it sounds like we're even trying to um it's like compassionate and has all the goods and it doesn't seem to have the bads and be seeking control maybe because it already has it but like it seems to be doing a lot better job than like every other system of governance i've ever seen before i was just gonna say that i mean we've been (laughs) we've been we've been trying it our way for a while and uh i mean while we have definitely made some strides uh i I would argue it's been probably more suffering than not yeah 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 dude (laughs) Like for sure. I mean, we have definitely limped our way to where we are right now. Absolutely. And, uh, as as far as like you know, the history that I've read and f- am familiar with uh, seems to be a sordid and very bloody history. So yeah, uh, I mean, I think I wouldn't be comfortable with like Chat GPT running the show. No, but no. like a a hundred years evolved version of it. Like right. maybe, maybe, and it seemed to be like yeah. the collective history of all that humanity has learned like the whole library of everything and it's kind of like so it's kind of like we still are controlling ourselves but on a really collective basis because we've used our collective knowledge to create this entity that is our collective so it's kind of like we still kind of are in control but not i don't know it seems if we can create that thing that exact thing sure i'm totally down with that um but i don't know if we can <laughs> ever and it seems oh like it God. just might i don't know can am i down with the systems taking out most of the governments though probably <laughs> <laughs> i don't know okay. yeah like let's 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 try it we're, we're an hour into this let's try to dial it into the the story book, the, book the book we read okay yeah. i have a question sure do you think that it was a little odd of Faraday to be like, so like I'm raising the next, the, it's, he's so, it's so the old guard values are so important to him that he raises the next side of them. And then all of a sudden he fails. He's just like, I'm out. Peace. Did it seem like contradictory to his nature? Well, yeah, I mean it did, but I think that he was trying to um, kind of release Rowan and Citra from, cause he, he like, I think he staged his death right oh sure like so yeah so he like i think that he cared about rowan and citra and didn't want one of them to have to kill the other one but then he he saw that like immediately spectacularly fail and he was just like still peace no he didn't (laughs) see it fail when citra when citra finds him he didn't know that they had been apprenticed do we know that yeah he says it oh yeah that's a thing oh okay i must have missed that because I, I, there was like, I didn't really think that they had like, they had like one, que- they had one conversation, him and Citra. And then she like goes off. No, she says, <clears throat> uh, Citra says, you mean you don't know? He pulled himself up slightly so he could see her more directly. Don't know what. And so she told him everything. How instead of being freed, she and Rowan had ended ah. up with the scythes, Kyrie and Goddard. How Xenocrates had tried to pin Faraday's murder on her. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, I mean, I do think it, I mean, I agree with you. Like it was kind of like contradictory in a, in a sense for him. Um, but then he still doesn't it, really do anything. 
<laughs> maybe, like, well, that'll be a, maybe that'll be like explored in the next book yeah i mean i guess we, we i'm wrong he does pick up um rowan you yeah know, exactly he, he, i think he, he i think himself. he still cares and he wants to be involved but he's not uh i think that he and this is just you know obviously first book kind of you know i don't really know the whole lay of the land here but i think uh he knows that he can't solve the problems from within the scythedom you know like right. it's it's past a point of corruption uh, so do he, you think good sorry that's it yeah do you think that he approves of i mean obviously it's like it doesn't tell us that it's rowan who's doing the killing uh who's like the lucifer side at the end but like obviously it's, it's obviously him. Rowan, do yeah. you think that faraday is assisting him or at least approves i don't i don't know faraday is weird because I, I can never really get like a super big grasp on him i want more of him in the next book like, yeah because i really liked his character a lot and i was very shocked when he quote unquote died i same. was like oh I, I was so shocked that i was like oh he's not really dead yeah yeah <laughs> like if it had happened like at the end of the book i would have been like oh wow he's probably oh, dead he's but dead. yeah no uh he definitely I, I really liked him dying and i liked the separation you know we get um one character who goes off who gets kind of like a faraday like trainer and kind of stays on the path and then we get rowan who gets taken by the mass killing guy who's like we all have the right to love what we do <laughs> and like yeah he was kind of I, like pretty ridiculous villain he was kind like, of ridiculous okay yeah, so he like, it was like all of a sudden like i loved the like rowan being like oh my gosh i'm enjoying this i can be turned into this killer and i loved that they were going down that path of him like kind of struggling with that and then the guy's like so obviously a villain that it's like it seemed like it kind of undermined his own personal struggle in my mind that like this, this shouldn't be a maybe. thing you're struggling with anymore man i think um volta was a pretty key character you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Volta kind of bridged that gap, I would say. Yeah, okay. He was who, like, who Rowan could have become. Yeah, I think that Volta was like a pretty necessary character in all of this. Like, I think that without Volta, maybe Rowan would have just kind of succumbed to that training. Or if yeah. I don't think it's like a, a definite thing, but I think that the chances of that he would have um, probably. Right. Volta is like, kind of the example of like, you know, what all evil needs is for good men to do nothing right is like the kind of yeah or, or yeah, like he just, mean, if, you just, if you don't stop it it will take over yeah maybe it must be yeah, active totally. in your resistance i want to talk and i don't want to talk about their romance lack thereof because it was so <laughs> there and so like poorly not there i think I was this just is told kind about of, it i think this is the kind of thing that we need to read three books for you know um totally i'm not shipping rowan and citra currently i i don't really want i don't care like it's, right i think it would have been fine if they were just platonic friends and like they just really cared about it meant each other a lot yeah like, like what, yeah they have like a lot of shared trauma together and stuff and that's works you know i it don't works. think it yeah really it kind of muddied the be. waters that they like were into each other a little bit yeah i, like, I wonder uh, if like schusterman really wanted it or if his editor was like hey man like you know on, what's in you know what we gotta do <laughs> you know what we gotta do um yeah but i don't know maybe it'll work out maybe it's something that does make sense so a couple books in you know what i mean so mm -hmm. um i did think it was a little bit like when faraday is like you guys can't hook up with each other i was like oh they're gonna hook up with each other totally <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? like, like, yeah oh well like that's that was some foreshadowing happen, you know yeah uh but oh, no, we'll see we'll see I, I didn't think it was bad i just think if i was an editor i'd probably be like hey if you're gonna put this in like can you like you know commit to it make it a thing you know right yeah, yeah, like, commit, to it. yeah like, exactly. commit to it like stick the landing with that because if it's just going to kind of happen like no one's going to care you know what i mean yeah so that's just my thought on it 
if you were living in this world, would you have a spare set of scythe robes so you could get free groceries and stuff all the time? Because I feel like I would. No, because impersonating a scythe is like, remember that part, whole part? Yeah, but I mean, like... the chances that you're going to get, I guess, but no, the Thunderhead <laughs> can't snitch on you because it can't interact with the scythe dome. Yeah, but it still happens. It's not worth it. You know, I don't know. Groceries are pretty expensive, man. No, but they don't. <laughs> you're missing the whole point. They don't need to pay for they, There's no, there's no poor but it was, people. It was weird. They <laughs> still no... did have like commerce, right? The, that's why the world they is kind of confusing because they still have to yeah. work for their money and stuff. Maybe, but like, maybe Schusterman just didn't want to set up like an entire collectivist society. You right. know what I mean? Like, like maybe go just... into it that hard. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, look at, look at what we just did on this episode. Right. Like, we, he posed like, the question. Like, he posed the question and like, look at what we, just did like we right. got so off topic and so off the beaten path like he could have written like james mike thousands of pages books with yeah. this yeah i mean like they, it could have been like at 11 books long easily without i mean you could just go on and on about all this totally um and i i'm i'd probably read it to be fair i mean like I, this is endlessly fascinating to me like the idea of um not dying like the idea of a utopia the idea of all of our problems being solved like this is really interesting and honestly I feel like the story was like a little boring um, when you look at all, like how how much content is in here. You, uh, no, not not content in here, but like when you look at the premise, I mean, it's just a lot of like Rowan and Citra training. And like, yeah, you know but wait, I mean? it wasn't boring. I didn't have any boredom while I was reading it. I, I like, really I enjoyed little, it. I got a little bored. Okay, you know I got I mean? a little bored. Like seventy like five uh, after they made the split. There was like a little bit too long yeah, that's of like Rowan struggling. About. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a little boring for sure. Like like that the pool scene, like when Xenocrate shows up, oh, and like yeah. with Esme and stuff. I was yeah. just like, I don't really care that much about any of this. No. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like Xenocrates is obviously some sort of bad. You know what I mean? And then like right. whatever. Oh, Esme's his daughter. Like wow. Like what? Oh, yeah, what a cool. what a revelation a there. That was yep. like the part of the book where I was just kind of like, all right, like this. I hope this gets exciting again. And it and it did. You know, like Citra totally. on the run from the scythe dumb and stuff though that uh, did kind of end climactic anticlimactically as well i thought yeah she was just kind of like, she was fine yeah that was weird exonerated <laughs> exonerated yeah it's like yeah. they were like chasing her down to kill her a little bit before uh, okay not to um wax too philosophical but there was an excerpt in hs curie's uh journal that talks about the woman who asked to be gleaned and how originally Curie refused her. And then 10 years later, when running into the woman, the woman thanked her for yeah. not as she had started a new life. And Curie says something very interesting. She says, while yeah. she felt good in the moment for the thanks that she received, she had trouble sleeping that night, but can't understand why. Yeah, why I do you think? That. I thought that Me was too. I thought that was excellent. That was like Me one too. of my I favorite stopped for parts a long of the time. whole I was book. Like, yeah, that was yeah, really same. good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that uh maybe the reason that she lost sleep for it and this is just this is just my opinion but like maybe the reason that she lost sleep is because she knew or she thought in the moment when that woman asked her to to be gleaned she wasn't acknowledging what that woman wanted and acknowledging her autonomy and acknowledging her as like a another human with like a, a brain of her own she kind of thought oh. i know what's better for you you know, and it's oh, that's and, a very good answer. And so, well, thank good. you. Yeah. And so, yeah. it probably gave her a lot of pause because she ended up being correct, right? right. But, but like, should she be the arbiter? Exactly. Should she so, be the one? Yeah, yeah, that's a great yeah, answer. So I think that's what was giving her. But I could be wrong, obviously. But what do you think? Uh, no, I like. I mean, your answer is better than mine. Honestly, <laughs> I really like your answer, and I think that's probably it. Um, I was just kind of thinking like 
if your journal, if your job was to do that, like why miss out on the, like, why would you kill another person that day who doesn't want to be killed when someone asked for it? Oh, that's a pretty cool answer too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like that would have made me like, well, this person's like wants it. It's like, I might as well do that as opposed to take the life of someone who, who isn't trying to die today, you know? So it seemed a little... But well, that wasn't what gave her pause. It was later that gave her pause, which is yeah. why I like your answer more. Because she's worried about being the arbiter. I think that's a great, great answer. Well, you know what's interesting about uh, Curie as well is she's specifically looking for people who she says are stagnant. Right. Like, that's a really They're interesting done. way to go. They're done. You know, like they, they kind of want to check out. Or they, they don't even maybe know for sure they want to check out, but they've just kind of reached that point. You know? yeah. Oh, your, uh, your answer is right, man. It's totally right yeah. because she that undermines her whole thing. She's like, well, maybe people aren't done forever. Yeah, that's why she had the trouble sleeping yeah. that night because she's like, maybe my whole system is actually flawed because it's just like a daytime thing. And it even gets touched yeah. upon, right? Where it's like someone says, like, well, I wonder if she would have killed me if I were to having like the day that I'm having right now, where I just am having a blah right. day. You exactly. know, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. there's so like, much being, to talk about with this. Yeah, book. there is. <laughs> If anything, you know, say what you will about some of the holes in the story, the questions that it asks and kind of leaves unanswered um, are very valuable to discuss, I think, you know, are yeah. fun ones. I mean, like I there was not this book didn't strike me as like like the most exciting thing I've ever read. It wasn't the most action packed thing I've ever read. It wasn't even the best world building I've ever read, but it really got me thinking about a lot of different stuff. And I, I was totally. definitely very engaged with how these people were going to navigate a the the last uh not last but the only means of keeping this society in order other than the thunderhead right i mean but but right. like like how are they going to endure the corruption of this scythedom like cause that's a very very big problem if this scythedom yes. is corrupt you know if there's a right, schism which it happening is trending yeah, towards i mean there's obviously some kind of schism happening and if that is the situation then like we're in for a couple pretty intense books coming up here yeah. because the the setting has now been set the the stakes are there you know like totally this is, this is cool okay so as we wrap up here because i want to get to reading and i think that you do too because yeah. uh, we got some more books to read on this series i have two very important questions one of them is probably more important than the second one and i'll ask you at first uh what color robes would you have <laughs> um <laughs> no um probably something like an earth tone yeah you know like a like a dark like a dark red like a dark green like a oh yeah your favorite color is red yeah, yeah. like a um, dark red yeah like maroon maroon okay. uh, is pretty cool that's the that's the one on the cover of this book you um, look good but, in green yeah i think your a green, eyes look really like a, good yeah, yeah like a nice a nice like brown eyes right green. you have like hazel hazel eyes. they're super brown there's brown as yeah super be. brown yeah yeah yeah. they would go very well with like a dark green i think yeah i think yeah some yeah, gold so, trim perhaps that's a good question don't don't Thank knock you. your own question you. uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay and then do you think that this series is going to end with the dismember the 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 taking apart of the the ending of the scythedom, or if it will be fixed at the end? It'll be the the scythedom it was always meant to be, or if it will be disbanded. That was what I was looking for. Do you think it'll be disbanded at the end of the series? Okay, I'm just gonna say it again because we're on the first book, and I could be totally wrong about this. Oh, totally. I, th- I think that they're gonna revert back to dying natural deaths. Oh really? I think that because like it's it's already been mentioned so many times that like everybody's just kind of passing time. Right. You know I mean, like like what we've we've essentially it's hinting that we've kind of lost our spark. value. Value you know? is lost, right? 
I mean, I think there's still value, you know, like, why would people be doing anything at all? You know what I mean? Like, there's still value, but it's like, the, the I think that the, and I don't even necessarily agree with this, but like, I think that the point the book is trying to make is that a lot of the spark that we have as thinking, acting Living humans with beings, a consciousness, right. uh, a lot of that comes from the fact that we know this is temporary. You know right. what I mean? Like, I think that a lot, of, and it's, I mean, I agree to a certain extent. I mean, I think that a lot of really amazing art has been made, you know, ruminating on death. A lot of things have probably been done because people felt like their time was running out and they wanted to get something done, you know, and totally. Yeah. Like, I, th I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot to that, you know, um, I think uh, this, this particular society in this book, I think to a certain extent, our own, uh, we have some, we, we don't have a very healthy relationship with death. You know, like, I, agree. I, I don't think it's very healthy at all. I think that we, we definitely as a society are extremely afraid of it. I'm terrified you know, of it. Yeah. It, to the point, And I think that it's to the, to our detriment, you know, I agree. Like, I think that a lot of bad things have been done because of our own awareness of our own demise. And I think that maybe there's a chance that this utopia that's presented in Scythe, uh, has overcorrected a little bit. You know, I think that that might be what the book is positing. Uh, yeah. So I think that the ending will be us kind of reverting back to a natural Damn, I think you, like, I think you just nailed it, man. I could be wrong. I don't know. I think you're going to be right. Because I think that at the end, the side of them will be disbanded. Um, but I didn't take it to the conclusion that you did, and I think you're right. Once again, good answer. I mean, like, I, I've found that in a lot of books like these where uh, a certain premise, like, or like a, there's like a dystopia or a utopia or like, or whatever, a, a large premise on a societal level uh, typically does not stick to, does not try to revert to a status quo. You know what right. I mean? Like I've found that in a lot of uh, story structures and stuff like that, it'll it'll kind of try to subvert or revert back to something that wasn't the status quo. So we'll see. You know, maybe they will just be like, "All right, cool, we fixed the issue with the scythes, and we're going back to just regular scythes." You know, right. like I. But I don't see it. I don't know. Maybe yeah, though. I think I don't know. we'll go back to living very passionate creatures with the. Ah, from suffering I've... being the thing that allows us to achieve heights of joy right and sometimes i really just i really don't like that i um am able to talk with people about books before i've read them because from what i've heard the last book is like a total down and like disappointment and uh, we could be super wrong and it could just be all like somebody's dream or something i don't know right but we'll find out uh, we'll find out but first we need to read thunderhead which uh we will be having an episode about that very very soon uh, so I'm look actually... out for that everybody I'm really stoked about that one because like the name of the book, right? Is Thunderhead. And like, yeah. if there's anything I want to know more about this world is the AI, whether or not it's actually conscious and, and what, how we use that, dare I say tool as we move forward in life and whether or not that thing kind of, can the Thunderhead die? Does it want to die? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. So I think there's some really cool we'll questions within the uh, essence of Thunderheadness. Well, everybody, that was a nice spacey episode. Oh, I, I a love a spacey episode with my best friend, Chad. Same. Good I hope times. at some point you uh, yelled at the speaker or whatever form you're listening to this and disagreeance or ingredients with one of us because uh, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we could talk for hours about it, but I uh, want to go read some more. I'm going to get some sleep. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Look out for our next episode on Thunderhead soon. Very soon. We're going to burn soon. through this series, I think. I crush it. Uh, everybody, hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.